Welcome to I'm Simply Sane, the health cast where the spine meets strategy, alternative health care takes center stage, and we discuss how to build thriving medical clinics. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Frances Duncan, founder and CEO of Simply Southern Chiropractic Center in South Carolina. I'm a chiropractor by trade in an entrepreneur's body. I'm excited to guide you through this journey at the crossroads of chiropractic care integrative medicine, and the art of successful clinic management. Lastly, if you take anything away from this episode today, please leave this podcast a five-star review. Reviews allow us to hear from our listeners and what interests you. So, without further ado, let's get into the backbone of it all. Welcome to I'm Simply Saying. I'm simply saying this is our first podcast and we are so excited to be here. My name is Kelsey and I am co-hosting with Dr. Mary Frances Duncan. Hey. Well, um, my name is Kelsey, like I just said, and I am Dr. Duncan's executive assistant. I work alongside her every single day to make sure that this practice um, runs smoothly. Um, And Dr. Duncan, I'd love for you to do a little introduction on yourself, even though today's about you. Yes, so I am Dr. Mary Frances Duncan. I'm a chiropractor by trade in an entrepreneur's body, and I run two chiropractic clinics, um, and I just absolutely passionate about chiropractic care, and I love running these offices, and I love running our um, staff, uh, being a team leader, and so we're starting this podcast. We have a lot to say, and I feel like I can help other chiropractors, and then um, we will go over some clinical um, information that our patients may enjoy, and then also on this podcast, we are planning on having some guest speakers, so we have a lot to um, that's coming, and we are very excited. Yes, absolutely. So, let's hop right on into it. Sounds good. Okay, so let's just start where it all began. Where did you grow up? So I'm from Greer, South Carolina, um, born and raised here, and that's where one of our practices is. And so um, I grew up here in Greer. I went to Furman University in Greenville, South Carolina for undergrad, where I received my bachelor's degree. And then I went to Palmer College of Chiropractic in Florida for chiropractic school. Amazing. Um, so with that, what drew you to being a chiropractor from, you know, from the beginning? Were you drawn at a young age or when did that kind of happen for you? Well, I've always gone to a chiropractor. My, I mean, as long as I can remember, my mother always went to the chiropractor and I would go with her for her appointments. She started, this is in the nineties, um, years ago, she had really bad sinus problems, um, 
like especially just sinus pressure and congestion in her face. And she had sinus surgery and it helped a little bit, but it didn't fix the problem. And so someone mentioned trying chiropractic care and she did. And I mean, it didn't take away all the sinusitis, but it definitely made her problems a whole lot better. Um, she told me that that first uh, sinus scraping surgery was so painful that she just couldn't go through that again. Right. And so I started going with my mom as a child. And as I, you know, kept going with my mom to her appointments, my chiropractor, she kept, you know, mentioning to my mom, you should get your daughter under chiropractic care. And so, I mean, I was elementary school when I started um, and I started going regularly. So wow. that was how I got started there. Well, I love that. I didn't know that whole long story with um, your mom. I knew she's talked about having those science issues, but I didn't know that she even went to surgery for it. So um, she, she vouches to this day that chiropractic care has changed her life because of just her science infections alone. So, wow, I didn't realize it turned into a surgery. Um, so were you drawn to being a chiropractor when you started going to the chiropractor? Uh, no, I didn't really give it much thought. Uh, I really thought I wanted to go to law school and be a judge. That was my end game. I wanted okay. to be a Supreme Court uh, judge. And so I went to Furman. I was a political science major. And then I got to a constitutional law class. And I realized very quickly that I did this was not <laughs> what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Also, I realized, you know, if I wanted to be a Supreme Court judge, that I would need to have some sort of connections or know someone. Some networking. And I definitely did not. So uh, I took a change. I had a change. I did a 180 and decided that the medical field was for me. And, and at the time, so when I was in high school and in college, I've always worked as long as I could work, have a job. I've had a job. But one of my jobs, I've had so many little, little jobs, but I was a pharmacy technician at a local independent pharmacy, and I, I love that job. And when I was in high school, I stocked shelves um, with uh, prescription medication. And then in college, they this independent pharmacy had a location near my near Furman in Traveler's Rest, and so I worked at that pharmacy. And then I, you know, I, I thought, okay, well, I want to go to pharmacy school. Right. So that's sort of how my introduction to healthcare began. So I. Uh, I have taken all the classes for my, I just needed to get a degree. So right. I made sure that I finished the courses to get my political science degree. And then my junior and senior year, I had some time to take some more classes. So I started taking classes, prereqs for either medical school or pharmacy school. They, they're all about the same. Um, I did summer school those, the, the, those two years of my junior year and senior year of college. And I got those prereqs. And so I thought I was going to go to pharmacy school. I applied. I was going to go to a school in Alabama and nothing worked out the way that it should. So I got, I applied, I got into the school, but then I didn't fill out my FAFSA correctly. So I couldn't get funding. I couldn't find a roommate. I mean, it was just all the doors were shutting. Okay. I could not get anything to, to work out. And so I remember it was in, it was like maybe late fall around Christmas time, um, the year after I graduated undergrad, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I went to my chiropractor just for like a regular routine maintenance appointment. Sure. And I remember sitting up and I, she had known me for a very long time. So she looked at me and she was like, what, what's wrong? She's like, I know something's wrong. You don't, 
you don't seem, you seem upset. What's going on? And so I remember just crying, like bawling my eyes out on the chiropractic table. And I told her, I said, you know, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I, I don't know. You know, all my friends are already in grad school. Like they're already, um, I know I, I knew I wanted to keep going to school and I, I, my friends had already gotten into school. And so um, she looked at me and she said, well, I've always thought that you would be a great chiropractor. And I would, you know, think it'd be a good idea if you looked into that and applied to school. And so like a light bulb went off in my head and I thought to myself, why did I never think of this? I love the chiropractor. I've gone my whole life. Every time I leave the chiropractor's office, I feel so much better. Right. And so I went home and I started that application process immediately. And um, it, just, it, it was just meant to be. So I applied and I, I applied to only one school. I applied to Palmer College of Chiropractic because D.D. Palmer, he was the creator of chiropractic um, in the late 1890s. And I figured that if he made chiropractic, that I wanted to go to his school. You should probably go to his school. Yes. And also my uh, chiropractor, her, you know, she had gone to Palmer. So I applied and I applied to the Florida campus. And so I got in and I was not supposed to start for like, it was six months or a year or something, which was fine because I was still working at a, the pharmacy at that time. And so things worked out. I was able to find housing in um, uh, Port Orange, like Daytona Beach area. I filled out my FAFSA correctly. I, you know, I was getting um, federal student loans and then everything was working out. And then I got a call two weeks after my application, you know, was approved and I got into school and someone from the registrar's office at Palmer, she, you know, she called me and she said, someone has dropped out of this next class that's starting in March. Wow. And she said, do you, and this was February. So she said, do you want the spot? And I said, yes, I do. And so I packed up, I moved from South Carolina to Florida within two weeks and I started school and the rest is history and wow. everything started to work out. And so I knew the doors are opening, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I just absolutely loved it from, from day one. So that's my story there. I love that. I love that. I didn't realize it was so later on. I, I you know, you just, you seem like the type who was like, yeah, I know I wanted to be a chiropractor from the right major too. But with that being said, you decided you wanted to be a chiropractor, but when did you decide you wanted to be an entrepreneur? I didn't decide that. I knew that from the day I was born. There it is. Um, there it is. I always, I knew I wanted to run a business. I love managing people. I love being a chiropractor and I'm passionate about this field, but I love being an entrepreneur even more. Mm -hmm. um, when I was young, I, I, my mom told me that she would walk in my bedroom and I would have all my stuffed animals and baby dolls lined up against the baseboard of my bedroom. And I would just be looking at them, pointing at them, just giving them directions. <laughs> and so I've always known I wanted to own a business. When I, um, one of my jobs that I worked when I was in chiropractic school, i waited tables and bartended at an outdoor seafood restaurant, which was, that was by far my favorite part of chiropractic school. I love that job. I love the service industry. And so I got a taste of management there right. and working with a lot of people. And um, you have to have some leadership. You have to have team players. It's almost like playing a sport. Like right. everyone has to play in unison and in sync. And when we all work together in an office, 
it is a beautiful thing. So I knew that's what I wanted to do just before I could remember remembering. Yeah, I love that. So with that being said, tell us your entrepreneurial journey when it came to starting Simply Southern Chiropractic Center. So when I was in finishing up, well, the whole time I was in chiropractic school, I knew, knew I wanted to open up my own office. And so I knew I needed some sort of money and capital. I had to get a business loan, but I knew like I've got to have something to live off of because I don't know when I'm going to make any money to, to pay myself or survive. And so when I was waiting tables, a lot of some of our tips were cash and I saved those cash tips. And I came home from Florida when I moved back to South Carolina with a shoebox of $50,000 cash. And that's what I lived off of the first uh, year or two when I started the office. And so I, looking back, I, I cannot believe, I cannot believe I drove from Florida to South Carolina by myself, stopped at a gas station and, you know, rest stop, which I shouldn't have been doing anyways by myself, but stopped and had that money in the car. So oh my goodness. I, I'm glad I had it because it sure did help me. And right. um, I needed that because, you know, when you're the business owner, everybody else gets paid before you do. So I have to pay my staff, but if we don't have a good month or whatever, especially in the beginning, I'm the one that doesn't get paid. Mm. And so that was good. That helped keep, that helped keep me afloat right. um, the first couple of years that I started. So. Right. So um, what were the things you didn't expect about owning a business? I, I know you wanted to do this for such an, a long time at an early age, but when you actually got into the nitty gritty of owning a business, being an entrepreneur, what did you learn that was like, oh man, I didn't even think about this and the intensity that this could be? Well, you don't know what you don't know. Everyone says it's hard and owning a business is the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's the most fun thing I've, I've done. I wouldn't want to do anything else. I'm not employable at this point to work for somebody else, but um, definitely you, I, you have to want to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Just because you're a chiropractor does not mean that you're set out to run a business. And I have told people before, I, in my opinion, I think that you have to be absolutely obsessed with something for it to be successful and to be the best that it can be. Right. And I, you're a slave to your practice. I was a slave day and, you know, from waking the moment I woke up in the morning till the moment I went to sleep, I was a slave and still am a little bit to this practice uh, for my whole life. My, my life is a whole lot better now. I'm almost 10 years into it. But those first, I mean, it was 80, 90 hour weeks for five, six, seven years. And so you just have to put in the work. It, it is not easy. And then it does get better. And someone told me this was, you know, a couple, several years ago. So well past when I started, but someone said that when you start your business, people think that you will have more time to do the things that you want. Right. You don't have a boss. And so um, that is totally not true. And the reality is, is you go from working a nine to five job when you work for somebody else to working 95 hours a week when you work for yourself. So that's totally true. Um, I knew that, though, I, and, and I love it. I don't I don't really have that many hobbies. I, I should. But I love running businesses. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've got other ventures that I do. I just I absolutely love it. But um, back to your question, 
one of the things I didn't expect, this is service industry. Um, we, I'm only as good as the staff that work with me okay. because when a patient comes in the office, they may only see the doctor for, you know, five, 10 minutes, but they might be with a, a, a chiropractic assistant for 20 or 30 minutes of right. that appointment. And so staff management is the absolute hardest part of this job and learning people and learning who to hire and learning when it's time, you know, if is when it's time to fire and let go. Um, a lesson I've learned is when I get a thought that someone is not going to work out in this office, they needed to, probably needed to be let go a month prior. And so just listening and picking up on cues and, you know, you hire slow and you fire fast. I mean, that is so true. So staff management definitely is the, um, most surprising thing I've, I've found in practice and the hardest thing in practice that there is. It's Absolutely. not getting new patients and it's not getting people better, which I thought that would be the case. And that's not. Wow. Wow. I wouldn't even thought of that when it comes to like, you know, owning a business or so many that, that like so many topics that it entails, but that's something that you kind of just assume is like, Oh, I'll just hire people I like. And there's so much that kind of goes into that, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a future podcast. Um, so moving forward, um, this is just a great little question I like to add in. Um, what would you tell your younger self about the endeavor she was about to take on? Like right before you started the business, um, what would you tell her 10 years later? Here you are. She's looking at you. What would you say? I'd say keep doing what you're doing. Um, I feel like I've done the best that I could do along this journey. And it's, it's, it's hard, but you, I knew that. Um, and so just like a horse's race, put your blinders on and go, don't look at your competition. Don't look beside you. Just go, just mm -hmm. go forward and do the, you know, work hard and just keep pushing and be consistent, show up. Um, that's, that's a big part of it. And when I started, I do remember this, like when I started, you just got to get in this mindset. I am not going to like, Failure is not an option. Like mm -hmm. it's off the table. It's not going to, that cannot happen. Like absolutely not. You don't even give that thought at all. And if you think, oh, I'm not going to make it or I'm not going to do well at this, then you shouldn't be owning a business. Right, like right. you are like green flag racing the whole time. Let's go. Sure. Sure. I love that. I think that that's, I mean, the best advice you could give her. Um, so, you know, you, this was, you, you opened practice one and that went well and you had some things you didn't expect, but there was definitely a successful business in your hands. Um, tell us about that journey with practice one um, in Greenville, your Greenville location. Tell us how that, that was for you. Yeah, so I graduated chiropractic school in June and in November of that year, I opened my first office in um, downtown Greenville. And that was almost 10 years ago. And so we did a, we gutted the building. We did a total remodel. Um, I thought at the time I had taken out, I had to take out a business loan. I think all total, it was 300,000. And I thought that was a lot of money, which, which it is. Sure. But at the time, like I didn't realize, you know, that I, I, I got off pretty good with that. And so, but we remodeled, we got, um, um, at the time some used equipment and, we got started and um, we did okay. We did pretty well. And then I remember this like winter time in the spring of the next year. So I started in November, 
of 2015, and this was like February or maybe March of 2016, I remember, so by the way, when I started, I did not have a website for almost six months. And looking back, I you couldn't have a business in 2024 without a website. No. And so I don't know how I got patients. I guess I'm from the area. People, you know, heard about me. And um, so online wasn't a thing. But I remember I thought, you know, I've got to get the, this phone has got to ring. And I remember going in the bathroom in the doctor's office. There's a little bathroom. And I only had one employee at the time. And I think she was at lunch. And I got on my hands and knees in the bathroom and I prayed to God that the phone would ring with a new patient phone call. And so, um, you know, as time went on, just like I said, show up, be consistent, show up, be consistent, you know, and patients started to call in. And then once you get some patients and you do a great job, they get better and then your referrals start. And so one person can turn into two people with a referral, two people turn into four, four turn into eight, eight turn into 16, and so on. And so that starts to snowball, and it, and it takes time. And so nothing, nothing worth, nothing that is going to lead to anything is comes easy, and you got to work at it, and th- this is the same situation. So. Right. right. Well, that's really exciting, and, and we soon after opened practice two, which is really exciting because you move from only one business to evolving into like this butterfly of another business. Um, so when did you know with opening practice one, okay, it's opened, it's settled, it's time to open practice two, we have we have to. So I opened practice number two, we actually opened five years later, that was in 2020 in okay. our career location. But I started, I got my first associate in, in 2018, so first doctor that started on with us. And then I think it it was the end of 2018 when I realized we don't have enough space. Um, and that that was a big issue. So I knew I needed um, another doctor in the practice. I was working at the time five or six, it may, maybe still six days. In the beginning, I worked six days a week. I treated six days a week. I think I dropped to five. But um, four of those five days a week, I was seeing 70 to 90 patients um, on Saturdays. I was seeing 30 or 40 patients. Like I, I physically couldn't, I couldn't do that. I mean, this is, you're adjusting and almost manhandling, a, you know, 90 adult bodies like that is very strenuous. And so I realized, and we, we had a wait list for new patients for like mm. four to six weeks to get in. I couldn't get them in. You want to get chiropractic patients in pretty quickly because typically they're in pain. And so I realized we definitely need another doctor. And then once we got a second doctor, we were starting to run out of space in our first location. We didn't have parking spaces. I had to have my staff like park off site at a, in a gym parking lot and walk up to the office. Um, we had to start, I had to tier the schedule with the other doctor where they would treat at a different time than I was treating. And so I just realized like, this is not working. Mm-hmm. We have got to get some more space. Right. And so um, I started that journey in 2019. We did another big remodel on the next uh, property and it's a beautiful clinic. And, and for this one, this was over a million dollars of a remodel. And so I realized quickly at that time that my first loan uh, to remodel the first office was not as big of a deal as I thought it was. So um, and then we had the second office and then I, you know, that was scary. 
So, um, but we, you know, I can't do anything halfway, go big or go home. Like we totally remodeled and it looks fabulous. It's on brand with the office. And so, um, yeah, we've been in Greer's since 2020. It's our um, fourth year in this clinic. Yeah, that's amazing. So tell me um, a little bit about opening this clinic. I know that this was peak COVID. So give us a rundown on what that looked like. Because I'm sure that was terrifying. So we all op we opened this clinic on March 19, 2020. And so that was the week, at least here in South Carolina, that the world shut down. Mm. And um, we had we were ready. We were prepared. I had moved a lot of our patients from our Greenville office to this clinic because this was closer to where they lived. And, you know, I think the first week I had like 60 or 70 patients on the schedule in the brand new office every day and COVID hit. And, you know, we had like 10 or 15, maybe 20 patients on the schedule that still were going to come in. And I just saw my life flash before oh. my eyes. I mean, I had just, I had this, you know, almost or over almost or right out of a million dollars in loans. We just had new equipment delivered the week before, chiropractic tables, um, x-ray machine, you name it, cold laser, all that stuff had been delivered. And I remember, I think it was our second day. All my staff had left and we have a really long hallway in our career office and I dropped to my knees and that was the second time where I just cried out to God. I, you know, uh, you know, I was like, please, I, I pray that this works out. Please let us stay open. I, I hope we can stay open. And we did. Um, and I'm very, very thankful. And so we were able to stay open as chiropractors in our state when other people, dentists, um, massage therapists, they were right. not able to stay open. And so I just want to, you know, I want to give a round of applause to, at the time, it was our um, South Carolina's Chiropractic Association. Um, our president, she went to our governor, um, Henry McMaster, and begged him to let us stay open. And he did. And I um, got the chance to actually speak with the governor this past fall. Um, oh, cool. He made uh, October chiropractic month in South Carolina. And when I got my chance to talk to him, that was, a, that was the first thing I said was, thank you so much for keeping us open during COVID. You don't know what that means to me and to our profession. And I am just eternally grateful for that. So uh, that, that was a rocky experience. And, um, but once March turned into April, April, turned into May, we started rocking and rolling again and patients started coming in and um, we had uh, actually some growth in 2020, which I was not expecting, wow. which was good. Yeah, that's amazing. So with that being said and, and learning something new and having a new experience you definitely didn't have with the first practice and opening the first practice, did you learn anything new with opening practice number two in Greer? I, we just did everything bigger. This yeah. building is three times the size. Yes, we yes. have three times more equipment. We have three times more staff. And so, you know, if you, you've got to build out a practice where people can come in and they can fit. And the way I like to do it is I like to build what we want to, to happen and want to come and staff up. And then, you know, you, after that, you, you really bump up your marketing and all to try to fill um, the space and those treatment times. Amazing. So. I love that. 
So now here we are. We are almost 10 years in location number one and almost five years in location number two. And the biggest question I feel like a lot of people have when it comes to almost 15 years of successful, uh, I guess 10 and five, but it, when you accumulate it all of two successful practices, um, what does that look like? Um, how do you stay passionate? How do you stay driven to do what you do every day? Well, I just, so I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and a business owner, but I knew that I wanted to pick a field that helped serve others and change people's lives. Mm -hmm. I am so passionate about chiropractic care. So we can help so many people um, get out of pain um, with conservative treatment mm -hmm. without unnecessary surgeries and taking unnecessary pain medication. And I'm not saying that there's not a time and a place for, right. for back surgery and for medication use, but we are an option um, for conservative treatment before those things sometimes have to be used. I mean, chiropractic care will change the quality of someone's life. It, you know, it takes, you know, usually two to four months for a patient to initially get better, but we'll have patients come in the door that have an antalgic lean, they're bent over, they can't stand up straight, Whoa. and then three months later, they are walking and then, you know, ready to get back into an exercise routine. Um, we see this time and time again, females, especially females over 40 that suffer from migraines, they're, and they're terrible, and they have to leave work for these migraines. Those go away. Those get better. Babies with ear infections, that gets better. And constipation, that gets better with children. I could go on and on. Um, we work on plantar fasciitis, um, prevent uh, surgeries um, in the plantar fascia. I mean, I could go on and wow. on. And I'm so passionate about chiropractic care. I need it for myself. I get treated regularly. When you adjust the spine, it takes pressure off the nerve and it allows the immune system to work better. Um, and it... Um, you know, treats the nervous system. And so we need more chiropractic care every, you know, I'd love everyone to be under maintenance chiropractic care. I mean, it will totally change people's lives. It does. As an advocate, I, when I started my job here, I started chiropractic care and I had chronic migraines from the ripe age of kid, uh, fifth grade. And I started getting adjusted and I haven't had a migraine since. So that is I'm a huge advocate myself, and even just showing up to work, I'm just as passionate about the work that we do because of the fact that I know what we're doing it for and the better cause um, for the community. So I really love that, and yeah, it's an easy way to stay passionate and driven when people around you are getting better and you can see a patient come in not feeling well and just barely walking to walking out the hallway and walking out the door with a, you know, their head on their shoulders and they're happy and ready to move on with their day. So I can totally see that. Well, I even said this to our clinic director today, you know, I asked him, he was adjusting me and I said, what would you do if you didn't get adjusted? Like, do you ever think about that? Like right. I, if I get a headache, I get adjusted and I don't have to take anything. Or if my, you know, thank goodness I don't suffer from like low back pain, but if something feels off, I get adjusted and I move on with my day and it's fixed. And like, I guess I would just be on taking you know, medication all the time. And again, there's a time and a place for that. Sure. But, you know, if we take, you know, Tylenol or Advil all the time, you know, it's going to wreck our kidneys as we get older and it's going to cause problems. And I'm not saying that those over-the-counter things aren't necessary at times, yeah, but I think that's what I would take all the time. I just, 
I don't know life without chiropractic care. And I just know I don't hurt. Like it's not normal to hurt um, in your thirties. That's not normal. You shouldn't have back pain. And so, um, or, or chronic headaches and all. So I just want people to know that there is a better way of life. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Um, so moving on, how many, um, this is just a fun little question I like to plug in. How many hours do you typically work, Dr. Duncan? Per day or per week? Let's or? do it a, let's do a, let's do a per day. Um, I get up at five. I'm in, depending on the day, if I'm treating, I'm in the office by 630. Um, I like, I'm like to look over my records and notes. Just, I just want to do a really good job and prepare and we're open late. I mean, I used to leave the office around 8.30 or 9 p.m. Right. Um, then I go home and my husband, he's wonderful. He does cook for us. So we'll eat together. And I know eating that late is, is, is not the best. Yeah, we'll uh, pick our but, battles. but then I usually get on my computer and then do the administrative side of this job. So um, and those are, that's a day that I'm treating. Um, and I, I love this. I, I don't have hobby. I, this is my hobby. I absolutely love running this practice. I love coming to work. I love our staff. Um, it's, we have a fabulous team. I just love being here. And, you know, I knew I was going to be here all the time. We decor. I love interior design. So I made sure that we decorated the space. It's, I love the way it looks. And so I just genuinely enjoy being at work and doing this job and treating patients and, um, and, you know, running this business and, you know, I don't, people talk about, you know, work-life balance and all, but work is a part of life and I genuinely enjoy what I'm doing. And I just, I absolutely love it. So I know that this was my God-given purpose to be a chiropractor and to help patients and use chiropractic as a vehicle, um, you know, for, for entrepreneurship. So I know that, that, that is, that is my, my purpose. Right. I love that. And I can vouch for her staff saying that we love Dr. Duncan because Dr. Duncan loves to run a business and take really, really good care of us. So we are always, I mean, like she said, our staff environment and culture, we are always cutting up. We are always having a good time, but at the same time, we are all working really hard towards the same goal. And that is something that you really have to have a strong leader leading the way for you to do that every day and for her to be here from 6.30 to 8.30 almost every single day. And she is, trust me. Um, it is it is really um, powerful to see someone who you, you just trust to know that they are going to make sure that you are always going in the right direction. So um, yes, she does work that many hours. I can say 100% she does. So with that being said, like you said, a typical work day with treating is um, looking over your notes, treating patients all day, and then going and doing admin over um, in the evening. What does, say, a day that you're not treating um, look like for you instead? Maybe like Thursday, because I know her schedule very well. So I do try to, all, while I do not love it, I do try to work out or um, I've got to get some exercise. I try to lift weights. And so I'll try to do that in the morning. If I don't do it in the morning, it's not going to happen. So I get up and do that. We go to a marketing, we have a marketing agency. We meet with them every Thursday for two hours. Um, Kelsey and I do. And then we head to the office and, um, Kelsey has things on my calendar, which is great. That helps keep me, um, on track. 
and moving where we're supposed to move um, Zoom calls with, um, I do coaching myself, and so I have coaching calls. Um, I, I, oh, I do so much training with my team and my staff. Mm -hmm. And so sitting with the chiropractors in the office, we go over patients' x-rays. We go over what's going on. We go over treatment. Um, that's a big thing. Um, and then training, you know, some of our front desk staff. I'm answering their questions still, um, which I am slowly getting away from that. But that that's sort of a typical day. I mean, would you what what else would you say that we do? So I just don't even. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a lot of it. I mean, we she's a pinball machine and I'm a pinball machine. We just kind of are like popping back and forth and then we meet up and we're like, hey, this is what's going on. And she tells me what's going on. And then we go and do other things and then we meet back together. So, yeah, I mean, it really is just taking care of those fires that we need to burn. Um, we need to burn out really quickly and then hopping back in and being like, okay, what can we do to be productive and move the business forward? And so it's a lot of meetings, a lot of emails, a lot of, um, Oh, the emails. Oh, the emails. We could talk about emails for a whole podcast. Um, so yes, we, that is kind of what a day looks like, especially, um, when Dr. Duncan's not treating. And I love those days because I don't have to, um, have to see all, you know, it feels like I get to see her all day. So it makes me feel like, you know, we're getting some more things done and feel a little bit more productive. So that's really great. Um, and that's kind of what a typical day looks like. So moving forward, that's what our little lives look like right now and um, how Dr. Duncan does everything every day. So here we are, um, you know, with these locations open and now thrive to thriving practices. So what would be your biggest advice that you would give to another entrepreneur? Well, my, this may be an unpopular opinion, but I think that a lot of people that start businesses have absolutely no business opening a business. Why do you say that? You have to, I mean, like I said, you are a slave to your business, mm -hmm. um, especially in those early years until you get it going and it, it gets off the ground. And so it's, it's not an overnight success. I'm almost 10 years into this and I'm still working very hard now, slowly in the last several years, I've been able to back away from actually being in treatment, but you have to love just because you're good at what you do. Like you're a professional and you're very good at your trade does not mean that you are built to be an entrepreneur. I mean, you have to roll with the punches and um, at the end of the day, it's, it's lonely at the top. People don't, your staff are not, you think they may care, but they don't. They don't. They don't think about you, which is fine. This is this is part of it. So they're not going to realize that you know my staff have no idea what time I get here in the mornings. They they do see me leave late at night, but they have no idea. They don't realize that I've came in on the weekends for years. I have some staff now. You know, we have a larger team, but I had a staff member. She was shocked that it was just me in the very beginning. Um, when I first started, it was me, and I had a part time front desk person. I mean, I was doing, you know, the, the therapy, the putting the patient on um, uh, wherever they needed to go, adjusting them, you right. know, doing the front desk, all that. And so um, you just got to want it and uh, just know that, like, you're not going to be appreciated. Sometimes people's favorite subject is themselves, and that's including your, your employees as well. And so um, we learn a lot as an entrepreneur and a, as a business owner about how you want to really care for your staff and do a lot for them. Um, and sometimes, I mean, it's human nature to think, okay, well, if I treat my staff well, you know, they're going to 
appreciate me the same way and they're not and they're never going to and that's fine that's part of why you're an entrepreneur and a business owner and they are not and so that's that's a big lesson and so I try not to complain or get frustrated because we all do um and I just tell myself you know I signed up for this I wanted to do this and so I, I cannot complain like let's just figure out a solution and how to make this better and you can't let things bother you and you just got to keep moving on, knowing that you're helping people in your community and for the staff that you do have in your clinic, that you are a stable, um, reliable income source for themselves and their families. And you, ha- and you have to remember that um, in the times uh, that you don't feel appreciated and it's not so fun. Right, right. I, yeah, I can listen to that and take that in. Um, moving forward. My last question is, what's the next step for Simply Southern Chiropractic Center? Or you can answer maybe saying, what's the next step for you and your personal um, entrepreneurship journey? Well, uh, this is a big um, thing we're doing is our podcast. And, uh, you know, I feel like I have a lot of experience under my belt. You know, I'm still learning. I'm still in the treatment room. I'm still in the trenches, too. So I'm learning every day. But I feel like I've got a lot of things I can help other chiropractors with and just entrepreneurs in general. And so I love this and I just want to share that information and I want people to learn from me from my mistakes because I've made mistakes and I've learned from them. And um, so um, coaching is, is one of the things that I'm starting and then this podcast as well. And I've had a great time with it so far. Yeah. So thank you so much for giving us a watch today and and listening in on our podcast. This is our first episode and we're really, really excited to be starting this. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you join us for our future episodes. Yes. Bye.